Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Father, we just thank you right now. We declare in this place today that our heart is yours forever. My heart doesn't belong to my wife. My heart doesn't belong to the things of this world. My heart doesn't belong to my children. My heart doesn't belong to my job. My heart belongs to you because you gave me a new heart. You took out this stony heart and you replaced it with a heart of flesh. So we declare right now, Lord, that our heart is yours forever. We thank you for what you're doing in this place. We thank you, Lord, that we are asking you right now to be attentive to our cry. Heal, save, deliver, set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Lord, that today we will never be the same. Lord, I come against any mental anguish, any turmoil, any depression, any thoughts of suicide. We come against any feeling of uh, worthlessness, we come against that in the name of Jesus. We take every thought and bring it down. We will pull it and bring it down in obedience to Jesus Christ. So we thank you for that right now. We're letting everything go. In Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody say amen. Somebody give God a praise in this place hallelujah 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 yeah 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 if she wants to stay there let her stay there hallelujah hallelujah where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty hallelujah 
there comes a time that you got you got to get really indignant about getting something that you want I tell you guys, I know when I was I was dealing with so many strongholds. I remember my my bishop a long years ago when I laid at the altar and it, service started going and the, the the deacons came and were picking me up because I was laid down prostrate. I was just crying because there was something in me I couldn't let it go. I didn't know what it was. It was spiritual, it was physical, mental. I don't know, but I know I, there was something I wanted from God, and I wasn't gonna leave until I got it. And I remember bishop turning and looking at me there, and they were trying to pick me up and then the bishop said let him go let him stay there and I start thinking about was it Jacob where he wrestled all night the Bible said he was there by himself but he wrestled all he wrestled by himself but he wrestled a man and I started seeing myself in that that man I was wrestling was me. But then God was trying to help me, but I'm wrestling with myself. God says, I want to bless you. So let me kind of injure you for a minute to get your attention. He had to hit me in my, in my thigh. And he set me free. And no longer was I J-Bone. Sexy Red. The Lord changed my name. And guess what? When he hit me in my, you know, when he, Jacob, he was hitting the, the, the hollow of his thigh, I guess that's the way it's called. But then I started thinking, it's like, he hit him to change, watch this, to change his walk. Maybe you didn't catch that. Everybody thinks about Jacob like this, you know, he walked. No, God changed him to straighten out his walk. A walk of righteousness. And that's what I'm trying to get to you guys today. We have turned the altar or this stage, this place right here is a, it's, is a stage. It's, this is an altar where you bring your sacrifices. And the sacrifice, yes, God wants your money, but even more so, he wants your heart. So that's why we got to come here sometimes and say, Lord, if you want my heart, you got it. You got it. If you want my heart, you got it. You got it. You want my heart, you got it. You got it. they gave me a new heart but spiritually God took my old heart and gave me a new heart 
And that should be our cry. Is God, give me a new heart. And then God's crying to you. He says, if you want my heart, you got it. He's trying to give you his heart. To exchange your heart for his. Amen. 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 Worship team, I can go all day. Let's go. Praise God. You can turn the lights up. Praise God. Good morning, everybody. Is it hot in here? Then you ain't feeling the fire of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. It's good to see you guys' faces. And uh, if you guys don't know who I am, I am Pastor John R. Butcher, Sr. The R stands for random. Thank you, honey. And as you guys see, the R does stand for random, like you just see me jump up on stage. It's like, what is this dude doing? You know what I'm saying? I do random stuff like that. I, if you guys notice, I am all over the place. Amen. Amen. Yes. But that's just how I am. God's made me this way. So, you guys here? I, I feel like it's just, is, you guys tired? There's a spirit of heaviness in here? No? Everybody's Okay. I'll just talk like this then, amen. Praise God. On today, we would like for you to turn to Matthew chapter 17. Actually, Matthew 16. I want to just start. Listen, you guys, right now, we are starting a month of generosity. And generosity is one of the keys to build God's kingdom. Amen? So I want to share something with you before I get into this preaching because it, I need to give you a little background on all of this. And I'm just going to read this in Matthew chapter 16. And, and this is what the Lord's been crying to his church since the Bible's begun. And, and it's not the fact that God is giving us something new. What's happening is we're getting in line with what he said. You guys, with, get, get, you guys getting me with that? Because sometimes what we always say, man, look what God's doing, something new for us. no. He's just looking at you like, I've been telling you this since the, the start of the church in Acts. I've been telling you to do this. And a lot of the church has gotten away from this. And we've gotten away from generosity. But God said, build my church. That's his cry. He says, upon this rock, I will build my church. But I just want to share a couple of things with you real quick. And it's uh, Matthew 16. And we'll go from 16 in 15 it says this he said to them and this is jesus saying but who do you say that i am simon peter answered and said you are the christ the son of the living god and jesus said unto him blessed are you simon barjona for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven and i also say to you that you are peter and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 19. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Amen. Amen. So we see that, and, and there's a couple of things that I, when I was preparing for this, this series, and me and a couple of the pastors are getting ready for this whole month preaching about this, 
this thing about being blessed and, and generosity and, and building God's church, I, I sat down and I was reading the scriptures. And first of all, I have to ask you the same question that Jesus said to, to Peter. He says this, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Not me. Who do you say Jesus is? Because some of you guys right here know, well, I know Jesus. He's the prophet. Well, I know Jesus. He's the son of God. Well, that's what everybody else is saying. But what are you saying? So once you got in in that in your heart, then guess what? Jesus said, listen, you're right. I am Jesus. I am the son of God. I am the lamb of God. The one that takes away the sins of this world. He says, you're right. But listen. Peter, Kaya, whoever, Atira, upon all this truth that I am the Messiah, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then he says, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom. The keys. I know the one thing, if you think about it, He's, he's, he's the Messiah. He's God. And he says, look, I'm going to give you the keys to get into my kingdom. That's kind of like me coming to you and giving you the keys to my house. That means I'm going to give it to you. I trust you. You guys with me? I'm trusting you with my keys in my kingdom. But I'm also letting you know that since you have the keys, you're allowed to come in. So I saw that and I was like, okay. But then Christ, when he says, build my church. He's saying, I will build the church, but he's telling us, you need to build my church. Continue building it. Amen. 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 So that's the keys. One of the keys that we need to start looking at is generosity. These are just one of the keys. And generosity is something that you've seen here today. That's just part of it. Generosity is one of the things that you've seen yesterday. Well, what do you mean by yesterday? Yesterday, we did Nerf Wars. Some of you guys have fun? Amen. Some people got shot in the eye, everything like that. We laid hands on people. They were healed. It was good. (laughs) It was a great time. But guess what? It was because of our generosity that something like that happens. We went out to the park the the week before that, and we were able to, um, yeah, do movie night, do all this different stuff. People from out the neighborhood came and sat down. We're doing that stuff to show the people Christ. Because the problem that we have a lot in, in church nowadays is the church is just here. Yes, you are the church. Yes, this is the building, but you are the church. The church is supposed to leave the church and be the church outside of the church. Amen. I know that there's times I look for an opportunity to build God's kingdom outside of the church. All right. So everything I'm going to give you, these keys and everything I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you about what this whole series, this series that you're about to hear today will change your life, your marriage, your family, your health, your relationships, your job, and it will change your life forever. And this is called the blessed life. Not a blessed bank account. Amen. We're not talking. Listen, we're not. Okay, I'll get there. I want us all here to be blessed. But the reason why I want us all to be blessed is so that you can become a blessing. Don't sit down and ask God to be blessed just so you could be blessed. Your motive when you ask God for things should be to turn around and give it to somebody else. 
It doesn't matter how much money you have because it's generosity. Generosity means giving up your time, your talent, and your treasure. So how many people want to be blessed? Okay, that was 10. Amen. I'm going to preach you all. I'm going to have all the hands at one time. All right. Can uh, one of the ushers give me a water, please? Thank you. Matthew 7 and 2. Matthew 7 and 2. And it says this. Judge not that you not be judged. For what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. Amen. Now, I'm going to ask you guys a question. In any of that scripture that I just said, do you see the word money? Okay. Turn with me to Luke. Chapter 6, 37 to 38. Now, before we read it, I'm going to read this real quick, real quick. Judge not that you be not judged, that with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. Now, let's read Luke 6 and 37. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Now, look at the last sentence in 38, in the 38th uh, verse. It says this. For with the same measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. Now, mind you, this is a parallel message, but I want you to look at the verse in the middle that we always tend to take out of context. I'll read the whole thing. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and run over, over will be put in your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. That was a Selah moment. Now, paying attention to this whole scripture, I want you to see something. There's not money mentioned in that anywhere. And some of y'all about what I'm about to do, I want you guys to tell me, if you've ever been in church for 10 minutes, you're going to hear this. Man, give, and it'll be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down and shaken together. Will God put into your bosom? We seem to use this scripture Right before the offering. Mm. But why in God's green earth do we always use this scripture completely out of context? Mm. I wish somebody knew what I was talking about. Most of the time when we sit down and we hear this scripture, we think it's time to give money. Amen? But here at the building, we always preach about giving. We always preach about giving. I can't preach about grace without preaching about giving. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave. Okay, we got it, we got it. I can't preach about marriage without talking about two people giving grace to one another we're not just talking about finances we're talking about giving this applies to every area of our lives 
we have to understand that giving is about the heart. And by the way, that's the title of today's message. It's called, It's All About the Heart. Jesus said in Luke 12 and 34, he says this, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, I know some of y'all right now saying, okay, this is a setup. He's getting ready to talk about money. I already told you this isn't about money. It's about giving. God, listen, but listen, I need you to say this too. God is definitely after your money. Not the church. God is after your money. Not the church. And God is after your money because he's after your heart. I need you to hear this, please. Why is God after your money? Because he's after your heart. I'm going to prove it to you. If God can get a hold of your wallet, he can get a hold of your heart. I'm not the one that said it. Jesus said it. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Did you get it? Your heart will follow your treasure. Your heart will follow your treasure. What do you mean your treasure? Because there's things that, like right now, that are what's important to you, you will invest in. Okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I can tell you right now, over the last 30 days, if I looked at your bank account, I could tell you where you're spending your money on. If any of you in here invest in Bitcom, you invest in whatever, you always go and see how your money is doing. Why? Because you care about your money. If you got a nice car and you put a lot of money in that nice car, I could tell where your heart is because your heart is in whatever you treasure. I know this is difficult. Some of you guys got kids and your heart is in your kids. And I could tell that your heart is with the kids and that's a good thing. But I can also see that you treasure your kids more than you treasure your God. If you want your heart in the kingdom, put your treasure in the kingdom. It's a heart issue. Now, looking at our scripture, we'll go back there. So I know everybody's like, okay, I don't get it. But let's go back to our scripture and listen and, and talk, talk about this. We're talking about judgment, condemnation, and forgiveness. That's what our scripture said. And this is what people really don't want to hear. You ready for this? If you give judgment, you're going to get judgment. If you give condemnation, you're going to get condemnation. If you good give um, forgiveness, you'll get forgiveness. Good measure, pressed, pressed together, shaken, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. This scripture is literally in context of judgment, condemnation, and forgiveness. Now, you can apply it in these principles Two other things. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Amen. If whatever, you're, whatever you give, because there's some people in here that are just, they're evil, and, and they're trying to figure out what's happening to me. Well, people treat me wrong. Maybe because you're treating other people wrong. Huh? Let's think about that. 
But what I do see a lot of times is, especially here at the building, there's people out here, they're so generous with their time. They, 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 run, they run to just help people out. Praise God. I'm going to tell you just, and I just want to share this with the family ministry. So after the whole Nerf War thing happened, people were in here exhausted. And the families that were done, they left. But the family ministry stayed. Now, the family ministry it is brand by Fred and Liz Contreras. They both work. They have children. They got a dog. But they're always here at the church. I don't have to sit down and look at their bank account to know where their heart is. I could look and I can see that their heart is here at church because their heart isn't just for the church. Their heart is for God's people. Huh? So they're always here. But watch this. Because they give so much, people will come and give it to their bus. So, because Fred, I know Fred, because Fred's sitting there looking, I got to put all this stuff up. Because this whole sanctuary was decorated. It looked like a war zone. What it probably would have took him about seven hours to do, everybody got together and got this whole place put together because they loved them. So what they reaped is what they sowed. They got that generosity back to them. Listen, it's better that we should give good things instead of bad things. Whatever you give, you're going to get back more. That's God's principle. Some of you guys right here, some of you parents are complaining about your children's lack of disobedience or lack of obedience. But I'm going to ask you a question. Where do you think they got it from? Sometimes we look at our children, bosses, people at your job. Sometimes that's what they're getting. You're sitting there trying, I don't understand. Why are they so disobedient? Now, why they, probably because they're learning it from you. And the bad part about it is, as a parent, when you're, doing, when you're being disobedient, and all of a sudden you see it in their kids, you're trying to figure out, well, well I was just a little uh, disobedient. They're super disobedient. You know why? Because whatever you give, you're going to get back pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Mom, stop raising your hand. She's like, yes. Now, where was I? How are we going to develop a heart of generosity? How do we sit down and develop a heart of generosity? Because I want to be generous. I want us all to be generous. I want to be a blessing. And if you're sitting there and saying, man, I want to be a blessing to people. Yes, but you got to get yourself in position to have that heart of generosity. So I'm going to tell you, number one, how do you develop a heart of generosity? Number one, deal with your selfish heart. Philippians chapter 2, 3 and 4, and it says this. Do nothing, do no thing, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. I hear it all the time. I hear people always 
complaining. I mean, I got a lot to do. I got to do this. I got to do that. And it's like, I got to look out for myself. The scripture sit here and tells us, whatever you do, don't do it for selfish ambition. Look to help somebody else. I know sometimes my hands are tired and everything else, but my back wants to be scratched. So I have to reach over and scratch it. But my, you don't see my hand going, no, nah, I don't feel like scratching the back. We're a body. Do you get what I'm trying to say? All of us is a body. Some, of, some people in here are going through some, some difficult times. But sometimes we got to open up our mouths so that people can come and give unto you. Amen. That's what I love about the church. I, people always want to be about themselves, but here at, the, here at the building, I'm sorry, I'm just talking about the building. I don't know about any other churches. I'm just talking about the building. But we love on each other so much. You can, man, if you got a problem in, in somebody, that's, if you got a problem you didn't tell anybody, that's on you. But all you have to do is open up your mouth, and you're going to get about 1,000 people coming to your, your help. Amen. Amen. Who, wants, who wants to be at a church like that? Like this? I'm just trying to tell you. Sorry, I love my church, and, I, and I'll brag about my church the same way I brag about my wife, because I love her, and I love this church, so I'm going to brag about it. 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 24, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. God did not create giving for his sake. He did it for yours. Giving money more than anything else works selfishness and greedy greed out of us and allows God's DNA to be a part of our lives. God wants to deal with our own selfish heart. Let's see what God said to the children of Israel about this issue. Turn to Haggai. One. And I'm going to share this with you because Josh said something up here today when he was up here. And I said, God, I know this has to be you. Because Josh literally, and I don't know if he knows what this scripture is. Josh's been in church all his life. But you just watch what I'm about to read. Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much, but you bring in a little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he, earn, and he who earns wages, earns wages to put it in a bag with holes. Wow. Wow. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. This is a tough, tough, tough scripture. God is telling all of us right now, it ain't the economy's fault. It ain't President Biden's fault. It ain't whoever else's fault. You need to consider your ways. Look what's going around. God has blessed his people. Why should we walk around in a state of want all the time? But the problem is maybe we haven't considered what we're doing. So many of us, so many of us are like, man, I'll never have enough money. I never, first of all, you have enough, but what are you doing with it? It's like you keep working and working. I just never can get enough money. God said, consider your ways. Why do you think this calamity is happening to you? Consider your ways. Maybe you need to deal with your selfish heart and start being generous. 
Because if you start being generous, God will give back to you. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together and running over. So we must deal with our selfish heart. Number two, we need to deal with a grieving heart. I love this one. Deuteronomy chapter 15 and 10 says this. You shall surely give to him and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Because for this thing, the Lord of God will bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hand to. Now, as we sit down and we look at this scripture, it says, you shall surely give to him and your heart should not be grieved when you do. Come on. How many times have you given somebody something? You'd be like, When somebody comes up to you and you're like, hey, and I'm, take this with a grain of salt. When people always running up to you asking for money, they could give you no money. But then you go, I feel in my heart compelled to give this person money. You give them the money and you're like, dude, that was my last 20. When we start grieving, then we'll stop giving. God's with me on that. We got to make sure that we have to check our hearts because especially in the church. Now, I want to tell you something. The Bible was written for the church. And I don't expect the world to know this book. They don't live it. They don't walk it. I'm speaking to the church today. And when we're talking about giving to the poor, God was talking about giving to the church, to the people, taking care of the people in the church. Amen. Yes, we should go out and we do generosity outside the church. But listen, no, God wants to take care of his house first and then turn around and, and, and help somebody else. So but here, when we grieve, when somebody in, in, in somebody, somebody here, like today, perfect for instance, you saw a need. And you said, man, I want to be a part of that. And people came up because they saw. They were, they were moved with compassion. And they gave. But then in, afterwards they go, ooh, maybe I should have put a, a 20 in there instead of a 50. Oh, come on, come on. <laughs> I know because I was looking down like, oh, praise God. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be honest, right? I was like, the Lord keeps blessing me right now. Oh, right now. I saw that, and I was like, wow. But I wonder, because I know it's happened to me before, that in a service, I'll give, because I, I, I'm always filled with compassion. I'll give, and then I'll turn back, and I'll sit back, and it's not usually then. It's like later when we go out to eat. And you go, and you're like, oh, I'll pay for it, and you're like, ooh. Next time. I'll give maybe a little bit, and that's a grieving heart. Wow. But then the Lord goes on in the scripture, and he says this. Don't grieve because of this. He said, because of this thing, the Lord God will bless you. It may not be right now. And one of the problems, I don't have time to talk about, but I want to share something with you guys. Sometimes you guys don't even realize when God is blessing you. Because you're so busy walking in blessings 
that you sit down and then you, oh, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. But you guys will get to a point where God starts blessing you. You don't realize it. And then that grieving heart just keeps happening and keeps happening and keeps happening. So we got to deal with that. Selfishness attacks us before we give and grief attacks us after we give. That's an attack. So. All right, where am I? The reason why we give, excuse me, the reason why we grieve when we give is because we thought it was ours. I'll say it again. The reason why we grieve when we give is because we thought it was ours. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So when we give back to God what is already his, we won't grieve over it. I know a lot of us as Christians go, well, I'm a tither, so I give the tithe and the rest is mine. No, it's not. You give the tithe back to him because it's holy. That's what he told us to do. The tithe is holy. He just asks, he says, I demand 10. You give him the 10 and the rest, you are a steward of God's money. If the Lord told me to give give him everything, I'm going to give him everything. So first, we must deal with the selfish heart. And second, we got to deal with the grieving heart. And third, we must develop a generous heart. 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 2. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. God wants us to be generous, but we were born selfish. It's in our, in our, our sin nature to be selfish. I don't even know why. Do you guys, you, you don't have to teach a kid how to be selfish. It's in them. Right? They, they, you try to give them something. My grandson. Praise God. Love him to death. He sees me now. He's actually getting better because, you know, between him and my, my granddaughter, they're doing better. But maybe about a, a month ago, three months ago, they will walk in the door and I'm, I'm, wait, I'm waiting to give them some love. And they will walk right past me, don't say nothing, and go, Nana! So anyway, back to what I'm saying. So my grandson, he's really good at, he'll get stuff and he's doing good. And I'll say, hey, okay, can I play with you? He'll be like, mine. No. Well, actually, he, talk, he talks like he's a 17-year-old, but he's two. It's like, no. No. And then he'll run. That's what we're doing when we act just like a two-year-old. Because we think that the money and the things that God gives us are ours. God's saying you have to have a heart of generosity, a generous heart. It's like, you know what? Hey, yeah, I'll share that with you. Hey, I got, yeah, I got a pizza. I'll share it with you. I got a plate. I got steak. You got to get your own fork. I'm not sharing a plate. Just, I'm not like that. I cut you a piece off and keep it moving. 
God wants us to be like him and share with what we have with others, with our brothers and sisters. That's the way God planned it for his family. He planned it that we could share one to another. Now, once again, it's not about money. Yes, this does have something to do with money, but it also has to do with love, with our generosity, with our forgiveness. Here goes the big one. Here goes the big one that we have problems with each other. In the church, grace. I know the Lord has always told me, I, I mean, because there's so much grace that the Lord has, has put in my life, and, and I see the grace. It's evident in my life, and there's sometimes I make some really bad mistakes. Amen. I don't know about, okay, maybe you guys got that kind of grace. I don't. I know there's times I make some stupid mistakes. And God immediately convicts me, but because I'm stubborn, I got to wait at least 15, 20 minutes, sometime a day. But his grace hits me, and the grace, when he, when he hits me, and, and I, it's so overwhelming. When God chastises you, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys something. The chastisement of the Lord is wonderful it doesn't bring sorrow but the love of the lord you can, i mean it's like you yell it's like you know how we yell at our kids don't you ever do that again god doesn't do that but you can feel the love of the father when he's he's saying i don't want you to do that listen son i don't want you to do what you just did was wrong it's against my word you offended this person yeah you were being mean and and, and you need to go back and do what i gave you my word and go and, and apologize and them. and if you do that then we'll get those things together and when the lord does that with me then i started remember i'm gonna give that person the same grace that god gave me I'm going to give it to them. That's what God wants for our hearts. That's his desire for his family, to be generous, not just to give grace every once in a while, but to just be more graceful when it comes to your brothers and your sisters. Now, as I close, we must deal with a selfish heart. Number two, we must deal with a grieving heart. And number three, we must develop a generous heart. And the final one, number four, we must develop a grateful heart. First Thessalonians 5, 18, it says, in everything, not some things, but in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We are such an un grateful people because we complain so much the children of Israel were in bondage bondage 400 years God set them free you know the story Moses comes out does what he does plagues boop to boop sets them free miracle upon miracle defeats the enemy goes into the wilderness and I think it was not even a day, two days later, Moses, the man of God, goes out, and what do they do? Hey, Aaron, who was a priest at the time, Aaron, build us an idol to worship. Dude, you didn't see what God just did, and now you're going to put up and erect another God to worship? You know why that happened? 
Because God kept giving and kept giving and kept giving. And all of a sudden, you start complaining. And you find yourself in a place of want. God's done that over and over again. He always says, look, I just, all I want you to do is repent. But we get in this state of walking around and go, hey, man, I don't have this. I wish I had that. I wish this. Oh, I want that. Oh, what? Do you guys, do you guys get what I'm saying? Because I know right now, as I'm looking at every one of you guys, there's something that you want. I didn't say something you need. God said, I'll supply all of your need according to the rich, his, his riches in glory. But that's why David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. He don't want you in a state of want. And when we're in a state of want, we're not content. And when we're not content, we got to look at our content. What's in us. And that is an ungrateful heart. That's why we sit there complaining. Husbands, wives, kids. Well, I want this. I want that. You're ungrateful. Instead of looking at what you don't have. Why don't you look at what you do have? Because there's people in it. Look, I got life. I got breath in my lungs. I'm here today. When you have a grateful heart, you appreciate what you have and you don't grieve on what you lost. People in your life right now, you sit down and think about people, your husbands, boyfriends, girlfriends that's left. And you say, no, I wish they were here. Don't grieve that. Just be thankful for the season that you had with them. Just let it go. Thank you, Lord. When you have a grateful heart, you don't miss out on what's really important. As gratitude increases, rejoicing increases. Maybe you're sitting here right now and you're one of those people that are like, man, I'm having a hard time right now. So my Bible says, why don't you rejoice in the Lord? And again, I say, rejoice. When's the last time that you actually just rejoiced about what God has given? 